to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You know we've been fighting for one and still fighting to this day. To this day. Aguero! I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Back out to Allen. History part of I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Some might. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Doing good, my friend. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, thank you for giving me some of your time today. Oh, man, any time. Am I echoing? No, no, it's, no, it's all good. good. All good. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so yeah, I just wanted to ask perfect. a couple of questions about just, obviously, your, your your career so far, and then talk about your um, Twitch channel that you've got going. Oh, nice, let's go. So, I mean... Last time we spoke, you were preparing to head to Liverpool and face Darren Till. So, how did you find England and uh, Liverpool in particular? I know um, the accent's a bit much. Uh, I loved it, actually. You know, uh, that was my very first time uh, time actually overseas um, in, in Europe. Uh, Liverpool was actually... Oh, the thing is, in the US and the United States... The oldest things we get are, you know, a few hundred years old. Over there, like we went to a castle, it was a thousand years old. I'm like, what? <laughs> a thousand years old? Are you in churches? So, and, I, and I'm a, I, I love, I love the history. I love history, and, and so I just found it very fascinating. Um, and, you know, the different cultures, the different people. The people were great. Actually, leading leading up to the fight, we got there like two weeks earlier, and, um. You know, the people were awesome. Just when I stepped in the arena, everybody was booing. It was funny because <laughs> they were booing, but they were, they were wanting me to give them a high five. They're like, give me a high five, man, boo. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was fun. It was fun for sure. What, what was that experience like? Because obviously you're not used to getting that reaction going in there. Did it change anything when you got in there to fight or was it just business as usual? Uh, it was business as usual. And actually, it... I found it kind of funny because, you know, it was, it was, it was the, literally the very first time that I was booed. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I just kind of found it funny going into enemy territory and being the bad guy, which I'm, when people look at me, I'm not, I'm not originally the bad guy. No. You know, I was like the nice bad guy there. Cause even after the fight, man, everybody was just great. And, um, it was, it was, it was fun, man. It, it was cool to be on the other side for once, you know? Uh, so it was definitely different, um, going out. But when I stepped in the octagon, you know, all the booze and stuff went away. It was business. Yeah. Cause, I mean, for, for, for what it's worth, I mean, I'm English. I, I thought you won the fight. I know it was very close. Um, how, how do you kind of react to, um, like fights at, at this stage of your career? Do you allow yourself to get too up and down or is it just kind of on to the next one? Yeah, man, for me, I mean, you, you're going to have things like that happen. And, and, it, and it's one of those, like, you don't want it to happen, but you know, you know, I, I knew if the fight was close, it was going to go to Darren Till. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the UFC was pushing him a whole lot. They were pushing him 
wanted wanted him to get that title fight after he knocked out Cerrone. Uh, I knew going there, I was gonna have to finish him. And, and I, even though I felt like I won the won the fight, um, at the same time, to me, I lost it because I didn't finish him. I knew what I had to do, and yeah. I wasn't able to do it. You know, um, so it, you know, I, I I'm not the type of guy to to kind of hold grudges or you know to sit there and, and, and pout about anything. You know, it's I I, I took my licks and yeah. and. You know, on to the next fight. You know, next time it happens, you know, I, I got to work harder than I'll have to leave it into the judge's eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, I was disappointed at the time. You know, after the fight, I was kind of disappointed. Um, not just in myself, but in the fact that, you know, it wasn't just me. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of well known people, even fighters and judges, thought I won the fight. Yeah. So I just kind of felt like I was, I was kind of used a little bit, mm. you know? But, um, hey, man. It, you know, things like that happen, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I keep a good group of, of people around me, a small circle of good, positive people around me, man. Soon, you know, right after the fight, you know, I was all smiles, man, drinking a yeah. beer with <laughs> my coaches, man. Some of that, some of that, that European brewski, you know? Because, <laughs> obviously, after that, then, you had the fight with Pettis, and I wondered, because usually... I guess you can kind of look at her performance and you can kind of pick it apart if that's what you choose to do. But that fight, there was really nothing that you could pick at having been done wrong apart from the finish. It looked like one of them where if you played that out a hundred times, 99 times, that doesn't happen. And so I wondered like, <laughs> what can, what can you kind of say to yourself after that? Because you can't be mad at yourself like for like a poor performance is just kind of one of those things that can happen when you've got those tiny gloves on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. I mean, that goes to show that, you know, anything can happen in this game and that's what makes this game so exciting. The MMA game. I mean, who would ever thought Michael Bisbing would have knocked out Luke Rockwell, no. right? I mean, everybody knew Luke was going to win, but you know, the way it played out, I yeah. mean, Bisbing just caught him, just like I got caught by Pettis, and it could happen to anybody. And the only thing that I take out, take from that, is every second in in a fight in that competitive arena, you must be completely focused on your opponent and what he's doing, and always stay in good position. And I went back, and it bothered that actually bothered me a little bit. Not the fact that I lost, but the fact that why did I not see that punch coming? Yeah. I normally see these things coming, you know, I, I mm. normally see that. And well, I went back and watched it about a hundred times, yeah. just that last part. And what I got from that was when I threw that sidekick, it was a glancing sidekick, which squared me up It moved my foot to the right. And when he bounced off the cage, I wasn't in position to be able to fade back fast enough. I tried to fade back, but I wasn't in good position to be able to do so. And he caught me. So it, it it goes. It helps me, especially in sparring and in training, to always be in good position. And I always try to find, in a win or a loss, what I can do better yeah. every time. And that's what I got back from that, you know. And I do believe, yes, nine times out of ten, I won that fight. Yeah. I remember all I remember is getting up off the stool out of that, out of the after that second, that first round, and saying, "I'm looking across at him, and his nose was bleeding. You know, he was just beat up." Yeah. And he looked like he, he didn't even want to be in there. And then I was like, all right, time to be a little bit more aggressive this round. And then, and that's all I remember. Oh. Like, I know what happened at the end of the round, yeah. but that's it. I remember just coming to 
crazy. And to be honest with you, you know, it wasn't that bad. You know, out of 80-something fights that I've had, kickboxing and making yeah. fights, I've never known what it felt like to be knocked out. And now I do. And to be honest with you, it's not that bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, 99% of people will never know how that feels, especially when you can kind of watch it back in and, and see it happening to yourself. And I wondered, is it, I did, well, like you said, you've watched it that many times. I didn't know if it was something that people would shy away from or if it is just almost like you're watching kind of any other fight. It just happens to be you in the video. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because when I see a fight, it almost looks like it's another person because while I'm in the fight, uh, I don't, re- or after the fight, I don't remember anything. I don't remember what I did. I, I mean, I, I, I can remember some key things or maybe something my coach had said, but it's such muscle memory that you're not thinking when you're out there. It's just muscle memory. It's almost like your mind is blank yeah. and your body kind of takes over, you know? Mm. And no, and it just knows what to do in, in different situations. So I don't remember. So when I go back and watch me fight, it's almost like I'm watching somebody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it's definitely different. And when you're in that state, and there's different levels to that state, and at the highest level of that state that you get in, we fighters and anime fans, we call it ultra instinct. It's where you're in a flow state where, you know, you're kind of flowing and, and making great um, decisions without making the decision, yeah. you know, mentally. Your body's making these decisions, and you're just kind of flowing and everything's landing. You're just moving, and um, it's a beautiful thing. I do. I try and get to that state every time that I every time I spar, um, and 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 that helps whenever you're out in the octagon to make the right decisions um, in different situations. Yeah. And you know, training with guys like GSP. You know, I've trained with Nate Marquardt for years, Rashad Evans, Anderson Silva, Leo Machida. Um, you know, watching these guys train. You know, these all were champions. And they try and put themselves in very uncomfortable situations, which a whole lot of people aren't comfortable with that. They don't do that. Even at, even fighters at the highest level in the UFC, they don't put themselves in uncomfortable position, uncomfortable positions. And you got, and in this game, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's why I choose guys like Chris Weidman and, and high level wrestlers and things. And because they'll put me in a position that, you know, uh, it's almost like Chris Weidman will get on top of me and it feels like I can't breathe. So I'm being suffocated, yeah. you know, and stuff like that helps me when I'm in situations when I fought Tyron Woodley, he had me in that deep, deep guillotine. Yeah. When most people would have, would have tapped, I didn't, you know, cause I'm used to that. I've been there and that helps me tremendously. Yeah. I was actually speaking to someone about that, that first fight in particular earlier. And we were saying that it kind of goes under the radar now. People forget what a great fight that was the first time with um, you and Woodley. It, it's crazy when you when you look back and you watch it, and it was like the arena, the the noise when um, you came out of that guillotine in particular, and it just kind of doesn't get really mentioned there. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Well, the thing is, like you know, I went back and watched that fight, and I didn't even realize that the crowd was was cheering the way they did. You know, yeah. I didn't hear a dang thing. I was just trying to get out of the <laughs> And it's funny because when I was in that situation, it, it's crazy what goes through your head or what you say when I was in that situation. I was in a deep guillotine, and I remember defending it, and I remember saying to myself, as if I'm talking to you right now, I said, 
all these people came to watch me fight. I'm not going to tap. I literally <laughs> said that. It was weird. I'm not going to tap. Like, I was prepared to go out, you know? And and I remember as soon as I said that, you know, I could feel his arms start to loosen up and his started to get tired. So I was my time to, to kind of um, get out of that situation. Yeah. But it was just an epic, it was an epic venue, an epic card to be a part of. Yeah, it was incredible. UFC 205 was just, was one of my all-time favorites because first time at Madison Square Garden, we broke all Madison Square Garden records. As long as Madison Square Garden had been there, we broke all records. It was crazy. I mean, and, and the athletes and performers that have, you know, walked through those halls, yeah. now I can say I was one of them. Not just twice, not just once, but three times now. <laughs> The, the the fight with um, Vicente that you had last time out. I mean, do you relish a fight like that? Because it's perhaps similar to the fight with um, Masvidal, where you, you you've got a guy in there who you know can be wild, you know can kind of swing anything at you, and you really get to demonstrate like every inch of your technical abilities and your movement and all the different strikes you have. I don't know if that's a particular like style of fight that really kind of gets you excited when you're going into it. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I love, cause most of the guys in my career that I've faced have been kind of wrestler types. I yeah. Mean, you know, Jake Ellenberger, Rory McDonald, uh, Rory McDonald was more of a grappler too. He was trying to take down, uh, uh, Johnny Hendricks, even Tyron Woodley. So it's, it's kind of like a, a breath of fresh air knowing <laughs> that I'm going to go out there and fight another striker. So it's like, yeah. And those are the kind of fights that I love, you know, where I can kind of really show out my talent, my movement, my um, my stand-up IQ out there. And the more technical the guy is, the better the guy is, the better I fight. Yeah. And, and it's funny how that is because only a lot of fighters know this. You can fight a guy who very, he's very maybe not be technical, uh, and he kind of you know kind of throws wild things. Yeah. Those are the kind of guys you got to watch out for. You don't know what they're going to. Was was the preparation for that fight any different? Because it's the first time in your career when you were coming off um, consecutive losses, did you feel any extra pressure going in, or was it? Did you train as you would for any other fight? Uh, come off for the uh, for the uh, Vicente Luque fight. Yeah, yes, yeah, so going into that one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just got knocked out by you know Anthony Pettis and. To be honest with you, like, you know, I've never been knocked out before, and I don't take a lot of punishment. No. The the the, the punishment that I've taken, you know, the Tyron Woodley, when he knocked me down twice, um, Darren Till knocked me down, but that was more like a flash knockdown. Mm. He hit the back of my ear. So I hadn't been really, I haven't really taken a whole lot of damage. So I knew that I was still good to go, even after that. And people think when you get knocked out like that, like, you know, you don't have a chin anymore, you know, um, I'll be 37 in February. You know, the guy's getting too old, he's washed up, and the, all these things are kind of out there in the ether that people are, are, are talking about. And it's like, I wanted to show not just myself, not just the UFC, but the fans that yeah. people want to avoid Thompson, you haven't seen the last of him, that you can still take a punch and keep going. And and that fight was perfect, you know? It, I got to showcase my movement, my, my standing, my striking skills, and in the process, getting clips in there and be able to keep on moving. So... Yeah. It, it was it was definitely a win-win. I think, um, you know, because Vicente Luque is a very good striker. He's yeah. a very good counter-striker as well. And he's put some good people to sleep. Um, so it was good to kind of go out there and really showcase my stuff yeah. um, after the knockout that I had against Pettis.
um, you know, I ended up breaking both my hands actually in that okay. fight on his hard head. <laughs> Man, the guy, I hit him, I've hit people with half of the power I've hit him with and they've gone down and that guy just kept on coming. <laughs> and it's like, wow. And I broke him in the second round. Jeez. Um, and I remember going back to the corner. And I'm like, God, man, my, my hands are broken. He's like, well, hit him with him anyway. So <laughs> it was funny because everybody's like, oh, man, Steven, you know, he's, let, he's letting him off the hook, which really that wasn't the case. I was trying to knock him out, but it was like my <laughs> body wouldn't allow me to hit him with 100%. You know, I knew they were broken. And, it's, and when you're out there in a fight like that, if something hurts and you feel it during the fight, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty serious because yeah. – you know, normally when you get injuries, your adrenaline's going. You don't feel it. You don't feel a thing. Do you do you have any like particular plans coming off the back of that fight for twenty twenty? Do you have like an opponent in mind or like a target for the amount of times you'd like to fight or anything like that? Well, you know, I mean, um, I'm, I want somebody in the top five for sure. Um, and, and and there's a lot of guys in the division now. You know, in, at that level. I've got fights coming up. And I think it kind of happened perfectly because, you know, I'm still healing up for my hands. I've got some tendon injuries that I have and trying to get those worked out with physical therapy and kind of let these, these top five guys that yeah. got fights coming up fight and see where to go from there. Um, but I would like to fight somebody in the top five or, you know, give me a name. You know, Nate, I don't know, Nate, or, you know, I'll fight Mazidal again for sure. Yeah. So we're, uh, right now we're just kind of, you know, see where what happens after these next few months when these guys kind of filter out after they have their fights. Yeah, because I saw um, the I think one of the UFC accounts tweeted about it. I saw you joke about um, them making an NMF belt from the people that <laughs> from the people that you've met in MMA. If someone was to be opposite you, is there anyone that you can think of that would be worthy of fighting you for that title? Oh, man. Well, I don't know if you saw, but me and Matt Holloway kind of went, we had a little good <laughs> yeah. couple on, on uh, Twitter. And, uh, you know, the guy, I, I'm a huge fan of Matt Holloway. He's yeah. a very nice guy. And it was funny. In a nice way, we were trash talking in a very <laughs> polite way. And he told me he would, he would be glad to, to hold the octagon door open for me anytime. <laughs> and it was funny because he was, in, he was at UFC 2.4 and he tried to get permission for him to hold the, the, the octagon open for me when I walked out for my fight. But then it wouldn't let him. <laughs> but he would be a good one for sure. Yeah. Even Vicente Luque is a very nice guy. And if this guy was still in the UFC, probably maybe Sage Northcutt. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I mean, there were some nice guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, as we said earlier, kind of away from fighting, I've seen that you've, you've started up your, your Twitch account. You've been on there. Was, was there anything particular that made you start that or is it you're, you're playing the games anyway? You, you may as well share it with other people. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I found out about Twitch actually. Um, uh, shoot. My brother Evan was, 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 was streaming and I didn't even know what it was. You know, I love playing video games. I'm not that good at it. I love playing video games. But I also like to do things where I get to talk to my fans. Yeah. And this is just another platform to be able to talk to these guys live. You know, they can ask their questions. And at the same time, I'm having fun uh, by playing games. And it's funny because the gaming is huge in MMA. There's a lot of guys that love the game. Sipe's got a channel. Um, I know Robert Whitaker, he plays PC. And he likes to stream. My buddy Chris Weidman, John Vellante. 
uh, even Monty Mouse, you know, he he was he was yeah. in the UFC. Now he's fighting for. I know Sean O'Malley uh, does it as well. Oh uh, yeah, so all these guys love to do it. We all game, and it's and it's, it's another outlet for us. Yeah. Kinda, uh, especially during during a fight camp, you know, you're stressed and your body's worn down. It's a good way to kind of uh, get into your own little world and away from everything else for a little bit for a few hours, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I don't I don't promote my channel at at our gym at my family's gym because I rage, man. I rage, <laughs> and it's funny. It, I'm such you know. I normally and not that way, but for some reason, Jamin does it, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's funny, man. I have a good time on there, but uh, yeah, man. So I started not too long ago, you know, I'm, and I'm kind of building up from there, just letting everybody know that you know you can come on, man. I lo- I, lo- I welcome everybody and try to answer as many questions as I can while we game. It's fun, man. We yeah. have a great time, and it's and it's crazy because I've become really good friends with people that I've never met before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get you get a little small community on there, and um, I had a I had a guy that I've been playing with. He was a fan, and I like to play with my fans as well. So every now and then, I'll pick a guy to come on and play with us. And his name was Dylan. He's he's actually not too far away from here, and he was going through a hard time. He was he was going through chemotherapy. He was uh, he had cancer. Young guy, and um, invited him down to South Carolina. We met through through gaming. Oh yeah, uh, met a few of them at uh, right. International Fight Week too, which is really cool. You you'll have to make sure you don't hurt. Your... Jay Coco, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make sure you don't hurt your hands anymore. Or take you out of the gaming and the fighting at the same time. I know. <laughs> it helped me because when I broke my hands, it was perfect physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. You know, get my hands and fingers moving. It was great. Can, can you remember like the first console you had when you were younger and any of like your favorite games that you used to play then? Oh man, I grew, we grew up gaming. We were a gaming uh, family. I've got two brothers and two sisters, and we started out. Of course, we had an Atari. My my grandparents yeah. had an Atari. Atari, excuse me, uh, back in the day, and we would play on that, playing pitfall and different stuff during, during you know with that. Then my my sister got a. Of course, we had every Nintendo. We had the regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I wish I still had the original. I hear they're pretty. Yeah, you, you can get pretty good penny for them. I had a Game Boy. I had a Sega Genesis. Um, we had a PC, and we played Doom like the very first yeah. Doom on a floppy disk. On a floppy, you know, everybody out there, you don't listen to this. You probably don't know what a floppy <laughs> disk is. That but was about when I was at school. Eight there, right? hours. Yeah. Really, yeah, man. So we played on floppy disks, but I've had a, you know, we had the Sega, I had a Sega Genesis, I had the Sega Saturn, Nintendo 64, we had every PlayStation, every Xbox. Man, we grew up gaming, man. It, it was, it was, and we, we weren't allowed to do it for very long. We spent most of our days outside playing. And it's crazy because nowadays it's the complete opposite. Yeah. You get these kids that are, you know, that are playing 24-7, man. And they're getting good. This one kid, he won the Fortnite World Championship. He got like three million dollars. Yeah, I saw that. That's mental. Yeah, and he and and I remember on social media, on Instagram, he had like maybe two hundred followers. After that, over like two million. Of course, he, his stock instantly moved up. Yeah, yeah. three million. It's crazy. Have you played the UFC game? Is it weird seeing yourself on there? Oh my goodness! Okay. I am the worst at the UFC. Everybody's <laughs> asking me to play it, so I might I might get it just to look like a fool playing it. 
But it's weird. You know, I, I, I do this. I, I pretty much play the UFC game every day in real time, yeah. in real life, you know? So it's like, man, do I really want to play this at home, you know? Because, you know, my, my whole goal is to get my mind off of fighting yeah. when I do this. <laughs> so uh, me, I say what? Chris Wyman plays this game, and he uses me. He loves my character. Everybody's like, dude, you're like the best, yeah. you know, fighter in UFC 3. I'm like, heck yeah, man. So uh, I think it's cool, man. Everybody's like, hey, you should play yourself. So I'm definitely looking into that. I've got the game. I just got to get out there and, and bite the bullet and actually play it to get my butt whipped by everybody. <laughs> yeah, I like playing it until you, until you get taken down and and then it's not quite so fun anymore. Now, do you game at all? Um, yeah, I got, I've got, um, I got a PlayStation, so I, I usually play sports games, because online, I, I'm terrible if I play anything like Call of Duty, so I usually play the are campaign you, and then yeah. get rid of it. Are you a FIFA guy? Or you, yeah, uh, yeah, FIFA, kind of, kind of, FIFA, yeah, FIFA, FIFA mainly, and then I play yeah. Madden a bit, but playing Americans online at Madden, where not many people have it over here, so it, it's like a whole other level. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because my, my brother-in-law, Carlos Machado, um, you know, he's one of the top jiu-jitsu guys who ever stepped out there. He's the first cousin of the Gracies. You have the Machado brothers, Higgins, Jajab, uh, Roger, um, and they're top-notch. So Carlos is probably in his 50s now. He married my sister. They got four kids. And it literally, that's all he plays is FIFA. And he played it so much, my sister literally took his uh, – his, uh, PlayStation away and told me he couldn't play it. He's like, he, she put him on restrictions. It was hilarious. And he was like, pounding. It was so funny, man. That's great. And just, just finally, I just wanted to ask, is there anything that you have? Do you have like, say a bucket list of anything in particular that you really want to tick off before you finish fighting, whether it's like a certain country you want to fight in, whether it's a particular fight or anything like that? Well, to be honest with you, you know, I, I it's crazy what the UFC and what kind of platform it is and what it's done for me. You know, I've been all over the world thanks to the UFC. Yeah. You know, I haven't fought it, but they've seen me all over the place. You know, I've been to uh, the Philippines, you know, South Korea, Mexico, Brazil, part of the Europe, you know, the UK, which is about Liverpool. Um, it's, it's definitely been a blessing for sure. But, uh, um, man, I, I, I would love to fight for the title one, uh, yeah. you know, one last time before, you know, I, I, yeah, I got a small window to kind of do what I want to do. And a lot of these guys have given me inspiration, seeing guys like Damian Maya and Joe Romero fighting at, you know, in, in their forties. So I know I haven't taken a lot of damage and I, and I feel like I'm in my twenties. So I know I got plenty of time. So definitely to fight for the title. I'm not giving up on it yeah. yet. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, doesn't, I would just like to, I would like that chance again. Cause yeah. I know that I can win it. I know that I can do it. Yeah, I just wondered actually, did it surprise you or did it kind of take you back the amount of people that kind of knew who you were and held you in that regard when you came over to England? Because even when I kind of I do these interviews, if when I've said that I'm speaking to you before, people are so taken aback because of like the status you have in the UFC and what your highlight reel and what fans people are of you. And I didn't know if that ever gets kind of strange people being like shocked to meet you or shocked to see you or anything like that you, you know I, I i have and it's funny because i don't consider myself a a star or famous or anything you know i live in a, I live in a small town of simpsonville south carolina <laughs> and i and you know i've been all over the world and there's no place like home and i think one of the reasons i love it is because 
everybody knows who I am. Well, that's just Stephen Thompson, you know? Yeah. When I go out, it's like Vegas or New York or anywhere else. It's like, oh my God, Stephen Thompson, <laughs> you take a picture, I'm a huge fan. It, but it, it, it's cool the fact that I can I can be that inspiration for people. You yeah. know, I get people on, online on social media, hit me up in the DMs, and I try and answer every one of them, you know, that I inspire them somehow. If it's my mindset, when I come across things, and I've helped people who are depressed, and they just watch my videos on how I act in losses and wins, and I just think that's awesome, man. And if I can change somebody's life just through the way my actions, I think it's, I think that's the ultimate thing, you yeah. know, be able to do that. And, um, uh, and it, it's funny because my dad tells me all the time, you know, I see fighters and I see people turn people down, you know, like, Hey man, can I have your autograph? And they, they say no. It's like, you know, my dad's like, listen, man, people will ask for your autograph, give it to them because before long, nobody's going to want your yeah. autograph. You know, it won't be long. Nobody's going to know who you are. Nobody's going to want your autograph at all. So take advantage of it. And I, and I listen to him. I try to consider myself an observant person and, um, you know, I try and take, take yeah. advantage of every moment. It's funny because after that Liverpool fight, there's a lot of fans in Liverpool and Europe wishing me good luck and yeah. telling me that I had a great attitude. And it's like, heck yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, so I love it, man. I love the game and, and what it brought in my life and, and my, my family and just trying to be that that good. That You know, I, at the end of the day, when I hang it up, I don't want to be just known as a good fighter, but as a good man. Definitely. You know, a, a, that I played the game right. I played it true. I didn't cheat. I didn't have to crap talk anybody. And I got to be able to fight the, 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 the baddest people on the planet. Yeah. Like, who can say that? That's like an anime. That's like, you know, a Dragon Ball Z thing to say. Like, you fought the baddest dudes on the planet. You know? So yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> and do it with a smile on my face, yeah. you know? <laughs> well... Again, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I hope um, your hand heals up well and you get to get back in the octagon as soon as possible. Man, I appreciate it. And you know what, man? I enjoyed talking with you, man. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. Sure. Thank you. Well, well, I'd love to, yeah. brother. Enjoy hey, the rest of your know, evening. What time is it there? It is 3 a.m. Oh, no way. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. No, it's, it's fine. I had no I, idea. That's all right. I I can work at home, so I'm all right. I'm usually up at this time, so it's all good, nice and quiet. Okay, man, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you. You're welcome, my friend. Anytime, brother. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good night. Yeah, and you. Bye. Yes, sir. Bye, bye.